Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. Well, what do you know? Josh Gordon back in the news tonight, and this time not so good. Cleveland Browns look like they're going to let Josh Gordon go. Again, the news just broke earlier this evening. It is Saturday, a little after 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. Just heard about this a few hours ago. Uh, apparently Gordon was late for a team meeting or such, and they had already ruled him out for this Sunday's game at New Orleans with a hamstring injury. Well, comes out now that they're going to let him go on Monday, either via waiving him or trading him. Uh, that's also a possibility at this point from what I've heard is they could look to shop him around. There's some teams interested at this point from what I've heard. So the question is, what do you do now with Josh Gordon if you have him on your fantasy team? I think the answer is you don't let him go quite yet. You see, hey, does somebody uh, pick him up one, or do the Browns make a trade to a team that is, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be a great fantasy situation. For example, if he goes to Dallas, I don't love that uh, connection with Dak per se, but um, I think you just kind of want to sit tight right now and see what happens with Gord, with Josh for at least one week uh, at the moment. So don't don't panic too much quite yet. We'll see if Josh Gordon has a home here soon. Until then, again, just kind of sit tight with Josh Gordon on your bench. All right, well, anyway, hi, everybody. I'm James Swanson. This is Pad the Stats, uh, your fantasy football podcast where we cover everything fantasy football. And as promised, we're going to preview the NFC home games tonight. Uh, but first, I have a Twitter poll that I had posted actually right after week one, and I forgot to mention it on our AFC home game preview um, and the waiver wire recap or preview that I did earlier this week too. Uh, but the question that I asked, I thought this was kind of intriguing, which which one of these running backs are you most concerned about right now? The three options were LaShawn McCoy, Alex Collins, and Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry took took the... Uh, you know, the the biggest chunk here at 60%. People seem to be most worried about Derrick Henry, and rightfully so. Only played 29% of snaps at Miami in that game last weekend that was delayed a few times. Kind of a weird game. So, again, we talked about this last, or uh, I think it was Thursday or, or what, when we did our last podcast, that, hey, don't panic too much on Derrick Henry right now. I still think that he's going to be used in that offense pretty heavily depending on the game situation. Deion Lewis is going to have his role where he catches five passes a game and maybe carries the ball seven, eight times a game as well. But I still think there are going to be plenty of games where Derrick Henry carries the ball 17, 18 times a game. So don't panic too much at the uh, snap count right now for Derrick Henry. Now, if this could continue for another two to three weeks, I would definitely start to worry about him. But right now, I think Derrick Henry's a decent buy low candidate. Um you know, season long, I, I I think he's a fine by low candidate. And then the, the other two, Alex Collins received 13% of the votes, LaShawn McCoy 27. I thought Alex Collins might be the highest here, maybe the second highest. Um, people seem to be concerned about LaShawn McCoy a little bit. Again, all of these guys, I think rightfully so. Look, we, we always re- overreact after week one. It's just the nature of the beast, and it's the way fantasy is. Things change all the time in fantasy football. So, you know, these three guys are coming off games in which they didn't get the usage, they didn't get the snap counts, they didn't get the targets, they didn't get the whatever the case, right? Uh, now, Alex Collins has had two games under his belt now that, you know, 
as I sit here doing this podcast, recording this podcast, he's had two games under his belt. And he's had just 20 touches, total touches through two games. But you have to remember that those two game scripts, the first one they were getting, they were blowing out Buffalo and they didn't play him at all. And he, he had fumbled, so it might have been a little bit of a discipline thing. But I think in the second half, they were resting him a little bit. And then this last game, they fell behind by three touchdowns to Cincinnati courtesy of A.J. Green, and it uh, it just kind of spiraled away from him it, you know, in terms of what they want to do with Alex Collins, and that is line him up, let him use his powerful running style. Because when you watch him hit the hole and when you watch, he, he doesn't look like the most explosive runner. He doesn't look like the quickest runner. He's not a guy who put, puts his foot in the ground and, and can get upfield very quickly. It doesn't look like, but... I tell you what, when when you want a guy who who runs behind his pads well, who finishes runs a la beast mode, not quite, but he this is a guy that can do it. He he runs very hard and he will get you two to three extra yards almost every time when there is contact. So I wouldn't panic too much about those two guys. In terms of, of LaShawn McCoy, I am worried about LaShawn McCoy. I will say that right now. As we sit here today, I think I'm most worried about LaShawn McCoy. I still think LaShawn McCoy has a good amount of talent left in his legs. Now, he has had a ton of touches. I think it's it's 22, 21, 2200 rushes at this point. But that Bills offense is so bad right now that you have to be concerned with just the overall effectiveness of what they can do in any phase of the game. They can't throw. They can't run. It's just going to be a mess all year in Buffalo. So you're going to take your lumps with LaShawn McCoy if you drafted him. And he was one of the guys that we had said all off season. Look, don't draft LaShawn McCoy in the third round. We, I, I drafted him in one league and it was in the fourth round and I felt okay getting him. It might even been the fifth round. And I felt okay in the fourth and fifth rounds. But if you drafted LaShawn McCoy in the second or third round, I think you're going to be regretting that a little bit. Okay, let's touch on the league news and notes here. Uh, a lot to go around. I just mentioned the Josh Gordon news. Devontae Freeman, knee, he looks like he's going to be ruled out for Sunday's game. So when we do the uh, preview for Atlanta, Carolina, we'll talk about Tevin Coleman a little bit. He's going to expect to miss two to three weeks right now. That's uh, Devontae Freeman. So we've seen Tevin Coleman be very effective for the Falcons when Freeman has missed in the past. I expect the same exact thing. I know this is a tough matchup against Carolina this week, but the workload should be there. I expect Tevin Coleman to get at least 16 or 17 touches. And uh, then Aaron Rodgers, uh, look, he did practice today in full this morning, but we're still unsure of whether he'll play. That would obviously downgrade, downgrade all of the Packers significantly. We'll talk about that game as well. Marquise Goodwin with the quad injury. He has been ruled out for Sunday. Leonard Fournette with a hamstring. Not expected to play now. Um, so this is big, and, and if you were able to get yelled in on the waiver wire this week, he's going to be a very... Very solid RB2, I think, this week with RB1 upside. I don't believe he's quite quite as good of a play as James Conner, but I still think he has the chance to be a top 15 back. Uh, The big kind of news that tipped this off was the Jags had promoted running back Brandon Brandon Wilds from the practice squad. So it does look like Fournette is going to miss this game with that hamstring injury. And then Deshaun Jackson, another guy who was battling concussion and shoulder issues after week one, he is expected to play now. It was upgraded from um, earlier in the week when we thought that he might not play. So this downgrades Chris Godwin slightly. I'll talk about Chris Godwin when we get to the, a lot of these are, are NFC guys that we'll talk 
about in the preview coming up. And then Marlon Mack got in a full practice Friday, is expected to play at Washington. Now, I would still play Duke Johnson, Jamal Williams, uh, and Matt Breida over him right now. Those are three guys that kind of top of my head. I'm not going to trust Marlon Mack. I've been a guy that as the draft season got late into August, I was high on Marlon Mack because, because I, again, I think playing alongside Andrew Luck and you're going to be the guy that touches the ball 15 times a game. I put on a little tape of Marlon Mack and I, I like what I see. I think he's a guy that can hit the home run a little bit. I think he's explosive, um, offers you some some things in the passing game as well. So I like Marlon Mack season long. I would not play him this week at Washington. Excuse me. Um, all right, hold on. Let me get scrolling down my news and notes here. Uh, there was quite a bit to to touch on, really. Darren Sproles, another one here, has been ruled out for Sunday's game. Uh, Corey Clement, sneaky play this week. Five carries, 26 yards in week one. I think he could be a flex play. Nine to 12 touches at Tampa is, is very reasonable for Clement. Uh, and that's a very good matchup at, at Tampa Bay, even if Jay gets a workload of, say, 20 touches. And then Travis Benjamin with the foot injury, did not practice all week. A little bit of an under-the-radar one, but the reason I wanted to bring this up is I think Mike Williams is a sneaky, good flex spit, flex play this week if Travis Benjamin does not play. Uh, six targets, five catches, 81 yards in week one against Kansas City. I think he'd be in a good spot. Joe Mixon with the knee surgery. We heard about this yesterday. Reportedly out two to four weeks. He was in and out of that game on Thursday night against the Ravens. We weren't sure. I was holding my breath a little bit after that night, hoping, hey, this isn't going to be something serious, is it? Well, turns out he had to have arthroscopic surgery. He's going to miss two to four weeks. So if you have Gio Bernard, great. You're going to want to start him moving forward. If you don't, if he's on the waiver wire, absolutely go out and get him. We'll talk about more about that waiver wire preview Sunday night. Uh, and then let's see here. Trey Waynes. Let's talk a little bit defense. Trey Waynes was left off the final injury report for the Vikings. Uh, rookie linebackers Rashawn Evans and Harold Landry expected to make their debuts versus Houston for Tennessee. So that's good. They're getting a little bit of help on defense. Uh, Seattle's hurting right now. Doug Baldwin, K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner all ruled out Monday night versus the Bears. And then also cornerback Shaq Griffin was questionable, so he looks like he might be on the shelf as well. It's a tough spot for the Seahawks defense going into Chicago on Monday night when, uh, you know, that's a, again, just a lot of guys beat up. Russell Wilson's going to have a lot on his shoulders to carry that Seahawks team. Steelers uh, guard David Castro and cornerback Joe Hayden have both been ruled out for the Chiefs game. That's going to be a shootout, 100%. The, the over-under, I think, has been pushed up to 52 or 53 now, I think. Um, that's going to be a shootout. I really believe that could be big. And then along with that, Artie, Artie Burns, with the uh, he had a toe injury that I believe he sustained this week in practice. He is listed as questionable as well. So the top two corners for the Steelers could be out of this game, and along with their best arguably their best offensive lineman. Uh, Bills released Jeremy Curley, a little bit of a surprising one here, nothing fantasy relevant, but it was weird that he had five targets in week one and then they just cut him loose. And then Joey Bosa was seen in a cast on Friday. This seems to keep getting a little bit worse and worse every time we hear about Joey Bosa. I would expect him to miss at least another three weeks. Okay, let's talk mailbag. Uh, had a couple people on Twitter reach out to me with some starter sit questions for this week. Cameron Stark 46 asks, who should I start in my flex? Lindsey, Cohen, Duke Johnson, Funchess, Nelson, Deshaun Jackson, or DJ Moore? 
And I say you should probably go with Philip Lindsay in this spot. I think Tariq Cohen and Duke Johnson are my next two closest. I don't like Funchess at Atlanta this week. Um, I'm just not that high on the other three guys this week either. Deshaun Jackson coming off the injuries. I don't think he's in a good spot against Philly either. Uh, Jordy Nelson I don't like. And DJ Moore we haven't seen anything from yet. No catches in week one. So I think it comes down to the running backs in this situation who you're going to start in your flex. I was a little bit discouraged at uh, Tariq Cohen's usage last week. Same with Duke Johnson, two guys that I think, uh, you know, Cohen in week one, eight touches, 40% of the offensive snaps. Duke Johnson, now he did have those six targets, but just five carries for 17 yards and one catch for eight yards. I know it was sloppy conditions. I hope that they get him more involved this week, but I still love the fact that uh, uh, Lindsey got 15 carries for the Broncos. I could see him again in that 12 to 14 touch range, and I think he'll be effective with those touches. Uh, you know, especially the mat- the fact that he is home against the Raiders, I think that is a great, great spot for him. And another question uh, that we got tonight or earlier today was Russell Wilson at Chicago or Patrick Mahomes at Pittsburgh. I just touched on that I think this is going to be a high-scoring game between the Chiefs and the Steelers, so I would go Mahomes here. Again, the over-under is 53, and another big thing that we got to keep in mind is the fact that Russell Wilson is playing without Doug Baldwin at Chicago in a game where I think Chicago is going to be ticked off a little bit coming into this one. The fact that they blew a 20-point lead last week, I thought that uh, you know Mac played well in his first game for Chicago. I thought that defense looked really good at times. So I think this is a tough spot for Russell Wilson. Back-to-back road games, the second one, a Monday nighter at Chicago. I'll go with Mahomes uh, over Russell Wilson for this week. Okay, let's get into the NFC home games. Carolina at Atlanta. Sunday, 1 o'clock, our first game that we're going to hit here. And I just put down a couple bullet points and, and some of my biggest question marks heading into this game. Number one, will Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense play better? Flat out, will these guys show up? Will Steve Sarkeesian get this group going? Because it's been bad now for a season in one game. Now, I I know this was at Philly, the defending Super Bowl champions. They raised the banners on opening night. It's a tough atmosphere to go into. You have a 45-minute delay because of lightning. That was a tough spot last week, right? But some of these numbers definitely concern me. I mean, the under 50% passing last week for Matt Ryan, uh, no touchdowns. They look terrible in the red zone. Those woes continue to just sneak up on them, what they do in the red zone. Now, here are some of the good things. He has played well, particularly against Carolina at home the last three seasons. 72% completion percentage versus the Panthers at home at Atlanta the last three years. Now, he also has beaten Carolina at home the last three years. So I think Matt Ryan gets up for this game. I think the Falcons offense shows up a little bit more in this one. Now, I would definitely prefer Matt Ryan over. I know people are talking about Tyrod Taylor this week, but I just don't I don't really get that hype right now. The fact that he only completed 15 passes last week against Pittsburgh. I get the conditions were sloppy, it was rainy, whatever, but he looked terrible. He looked terrible. I'm gonna dive into more when we get into the the Saints Browns preview here in a little bit behind the numbers with Tyrod Taylor. I would take Matt Ryan over Tyrod Taylor this week. Not too much higher than that, though. He's not in my top fifteen. Okay, how good of a play is Tevin Coleman this week. We just talked about it when I when I uh, spoke about the Devontae Freeman news. Now, 
the last two games he's had versus Carolina, not so great. 16 carries, just 28 yards. But he should still see close to 20 touches, in my opinion. I said 17 before. I'm thinking that's probably his carry mark is 16 to 18, and then he adds two, two to three receptions as well. So I think 20 touches, um, again, is certainly doable for Tevin Coleman with this week, even if he isn't extremely efficient, even if he's only in that 3.8, 3.9 yards per carry range, I still think he's going to be effective, and he has a good chance to find the end zone. I would prefer him over AP. LaShawn McCoy and Kenyon Drake this week. Those are three guys that I feel like, hey, Tevin Coleman has a very good shot to outscore those three players, those three running backs in particular. Uh, and then another big question from this game is how will Christian McCaffrey fare with three starting linemen missing now that uh, you know they had a guard go down, their starting guard and Trey Turner, and and now um, you know it's it's just not a good situation for the Panthers up front. He only rushed 10 times for 50 yards in week one. And in non-PPR, look, a couple guys, I would prefer AP versus the Colts and Ajayi at Tampa Bay in non-PPR over uh, McCaffrey this week. Now, in PPR, again, I still think he holds a great uh, amount of value because of his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. So you got to live and die you know, with with those yards per carry or with, with those number of touches, those number of rushes, I should say, because he's going to make up for it in the passing game. So take your lumps in the in the running game because you know, the reason I say that is because we've heard Ron Rivera beat this drum about we want to get McCaff- McCaffrey the ball more. I still don't know if they're going to hand the ball off to him 20 times a game. I find that hard to believe on a consistent basis, but he's definitely going to catch the ball five, six, seven times out of the backfield every single game, which just is awesome in PPR leagues. Uh, another question that I wrote down from this game, the last one we'll touch on, is should you start Devin Funches? Five targets, three receptions, 41 yards in week one versus the Cowboys, somebody that I was uh, just down on heading into draft season. Now we know what he did last year with no Greg Olson. Had his career se- had a career season really without Greg Olson last year. But if you're looking at some other wide receivers, I would prefer Quincy Anunua, Tyler Lockett, Pierre Garcon, and Kenny Galladay over Devin Funchess this week. I am a little bit on the fence between Funchess and Godwin with Deshaun Jackson playing now. I think I would prefer Funchess just by a smidge over Chris Godwin. All right, let's move into game number two, Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers, Sunday, 1 o'clock. And the big question here, will Aaron Rodgers play? If he doesn't, you can start Devontae Adams, but I would not trust Geronimo Allison or or Randall Cobb. You're probably still going to start Jimmy Graham regardless um, because I still think that he has a chance even with, uh, you know, a backup quarterback, even with Deshaun Kaiser stepping in if he had to that Jimmy Graham would still see a decent amount of targets. And if they get in the red zone, he has a decent chance to score because he is that big target over the middle four and an inexperienced quarterback to kind of lean on a little bit. But I think when it comes to the Packers running game, you're going to want to stray away from Jamal Williams this week. I think he is a risky play just based on what Minnesota has done. They routinely hold running backs under four yards per carry. So, Look, I would still play him over Marlon Mack and Tariq Cohen, but I, I, I think he's a. I, I think you can find better options than Jamal Williams this week. I don't know if he's going to finish inside the top twenty. Uh, in terms of the Vikings, just don't get fancy here. Start Diggs, start Thielen, start um, Dalvin Cook. You know, I know people were a little bit frustrated with Dalvin Cook in Week One. It wasn't 
they weren't. It wasn't great games all around for Diggs, Thielen, and Cook. Um, okay games, I think, all the way around. Diggs did have that touchdown. Let's look at the career versus the Packers for these two guys, the two receivers. Diggs averaging five catches, 69 yards in five games versus Green Bay. And on the other side of it, Thielen's averaging four catches for 55 yards in eight games versus Green Bay. So not not staggering numbers, um, but I still like Diggs more. And I like Diggs more season long, and he's still going to be my guy this week. So start all three of those players, Diggs, Thielen, and Cook. And then uh, let's move into game number three, Cleveland at New Orleans. Again, don't start Tyrod. I'm going to beat this drum. I know everybody's been high on them this week. A lot of other experts are saying start Tyrod. He's a great play. I don't buy it. Uh, He looked terrible. I watched the entire game against Pittsburgh last weekend, every snap. He looked terrible. And I, I get it was weather, but, I mean, these guys are NFL players. This is what they do for a living. They got huge freaking hands. It shouldn't affect them that much to only complete 15 of 40 attempts and I've been I took a look at Tyrod's numbers on the road so last year in 2017 he went over 200 yards 200 yards in just three of eight road games now he did play in the second half of that Chargers game that was at LA remember Peterman threw five picks but he still attempted 25 passes so it wasn't like he you know threw 15 16 passes in the second half he still threw 25 passes so my point is I, I just do not like Tyrod Taylor in this spot. I think the Saints defense has a bit of a bounce back game. They were embarrassed last week. I think they're a little bit ticked off that Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and really embarrassed them at home in week one. They're going to have a bounce back game. Tyrod Taylor is not a good start this week. I'm telling you, do not start Tyrod Taylor. He has just seven touchdowns in those eight road games last year. He's not a guy that's going to perform well on the road. I don't like this setup for him. Now, how do you treat David Njoku and, and Duke Johnson? Najoku saw seven targets in week one, three catches, 13 yards. I like the seven targets. I like the six targets for Duke Johnson. He did just have the one catch. That's Duke, that is. Uh, But like I said, pay attention to the target share here, not so much the production in week one. I think David Najoku's a good start this week and has a good chance to be a top 10 tight end. Duke Johnson, on the other hand, is somebody that's going to catch five or six balls this weekend. I'm calling it right now. I wouldn't hate starting him in the flex spot. I still want to see how they use him a little bit more with the new offense, you know, with Todd Haley, with, uh, you know, Tyrod. Um, we obviously saw Tyrod throw the ball a lot to LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo, but I want to see a little bit more from Duke Johnson. I'm hoping we see that this week. So I would like to, again, see it one more week from Duke Johnson before I start him. But I am cool with uh, starting Njoku this week. I think he has a good chance to be a top 10 or 11 tight end. And then... Uh, you know, for the Saints, I mean, geez, fire up Breeze Kamara and Thomas. Those are all no-brainers. Okay, Philly at Tampa. Will Nick Foles be better? <laughs> That's a huge question for Philly. How terrible was he last week? 117 yards on 34 attempts. Um, Not a good debut from the Super Bowl MVP. Now, how does he affect Nelson Aguilar, I think, is the biggest thing here. Now, last week, the numbers, when you look at him, it was great that Nelson Aguilar had 10 targets and 8 catches, but he only had 33 yards. Uh, you know, 4 catches, or, or I'm sorry, 4 yards per reception, basically. So, that wasn't good, but I think this week you're going to have a good chance to see Nelson Aguilar post a top 20 uh, 
you know, a top 20 performance among wide receivers in format in all formats this week. So fire up Nelson Aguilar. He's going to have a good game at Tampa Bay. And then Chris Godwin, I mentioned him. I still think he's a decent flex play without, or, you know, with Deshaun Jackson playing. I would prefer Quincy Inunua and Kenny Galladay over him. Uh, but give me Chris Godwin over Duke Johnson and Tariq Cohen. And then I'm starting Evans and Ajayi. Obviously, I think Ajayi has a big week this week. He has a chance to be a top 10 back easily. Uh, Corey Clement, though, I think is a sneaky start. Look at Corey Clement this week if you are in a pinch. Uh, you know, I would play him over Duke Johnson, Tariq Cohen, Philip Lindsay, Buck Allen, Chris Carson, Isaiah Crowell. Those are some of the other backs that off the top of my head that, you know, have, have garnered some flex consideration at this point, I guess. So, I would prefer Corey Clement over all of those guys. He had his good chance at 9 to 12 touches this week, and I think he can be very efficient against the Bucks with all of those injuries that they have uh, kind of going on right now. Okay, let's move our attention to Indy at Washington. It's another Sunday 1 o'clock game at uh, our nation's capital. So how much work will Marlon Mack get? I think that's the biggest question that everybody wants to know. We know he practiced in full yesterday, but... You know, are they going to start him? Are they going to give him 15 touches? Are they going to ease him in and only give him 10 touches? What to expect from Marlon Mack? I think you want to wait another week. Hamstrings are tricky, and they might ease him in. So wait one more week on Marlon Mack. But again, I am high on him season long. Chris Thompson's going to be a top 10 PPR back again this week. He was fifth last week. I'm calling it right now. He's going to have another huge game. He's going to go over 100 total yards and two touchdowns for Chris Thompson against the Colts in week two. Uh, I wanted to take a look at T.Y. Hilton's splits because for some reason, I think there's this notion out there that T.Y. Hilton is not a, you know, for some reason he, they, they just play better at Lucas Oil Stadium in the Dome, you know, inside and he just has much better games. But go back to 2016 when he played the full season with Andrew Luck. 43 receptions on the road, 48 at home, 91 total. So it's a pretty even split. So don't be too scared about T.Y. Hilton playing at Washington this week. I think he's a fine, fine wide receiver, high, high wide receiver two, and has a chance again to be, he always has that chance to be a wide receiver one as long as Andrew Luck is under center. Um, it's ter- in terms of other starts in this game, start Adrian Peterson, start Luck, start Hilton. Um, you're starting Alex Smith. I think he has a good chance to be a top five quarterback this week. Start Jamison Crowder. I know you're disappointed on what Crowder did last week, but he's going to be a top 24 receiver this week, I'm calling it, especially if Paul Richardson misses this game, which there it's feeling like Paul Richardson is going to miss this game. I like Jamison Crowder this week, and I love Jordan Reed again this week as well. Okay, let's go to Arizona at the Rams. Conference game, or uh, division game here, a- NFC West. Big one this week, sit Brandon Cooks. He's going to see a lot of Patrick Peterson on Sunday. Um, I, You know, again, Patrick Peterson was one of the premier corners in this league, three-time All-Pro. He's going to, I think this is not going to be a Brandon Cooks game, though he was the best receiver Uh, against Oakland on Monday night in terms of targets and receptions. He is going to have tough sledding this week. So I would start Cooper Cup and Woods. I think Cooper Cup's going to be the better receiver again this week over Robert Woods. I still think that Robert Woods is going to have his moments this year and be a decent receiver. Um, But I think it's going to be another Cooper Cup week. I still think he catches another touchdown. Uh This is kind of a no-brainer, but the Rams defense is an excellent, excellent play this week. I was actually able to drop 
the I believe it was the Falcons defense uh, after the Keanu Neal and Deion Jones injuries, and I picked up the Rams defense in a 12-team league, was ecstatic about that to get them against Sam Bradford at home. That's a great matchup where they have a very good chance to get to Bradford a handful of times and also force a couple turnovers. You're starting Fitzy and DJ, no-brainers there. And uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, tight end for the uh, you know for the Cardinals, is a sneaky play this week because we saw... Um, what Jared Cook did to the Rams defense last week when they were shutting down the outside people like Amari Cooper. Well, Jared Cook was a beneficiary of that, catching nine passes on 12 targets for 180 yards. So Ricky Seals-Jones, a sneaky play this week. I would still prefer Vance McDonald over Ricky Seals-Jones this week if that's somebody that you're thinking of. But I would take him over both Bucks receiver or tight ends. I would take him over um, uh, maybe... Well, I was thinking Austin Severian Jenkins, too, would be another one that I would probably start Ricky Seals-Jones over. Okay, let's move to our second-to-last NFC game. We're flying through this. We're only at about 30 minutes here on the podcast. This should be a—always goes a little bit quicker when it's just me, though. But um, just want to let you know that we will preview Seattle versus Chicago on Sunday night when we do the recap and not tonight. So we're going to get to Detroit at San Francisco, and then we'll get to— the Giants at Dallas, the Sunday night game, and uh, we'll get out of here for the night. So let's do it. Let's go Lions 49ers. You're starting Matt Breida over Jamal Williams this week. Yes, you are starting Matt Breida over Jamal Williams this week. I just mentioned how I think Jamal Williams has a tough, tough matchup against the Vikings. I think Matt Breida comes out, gets 13, 14 touches uh, total against uh, Detroit this week, and I think it's going to be a little bit more of an even split between him and... um, Alfred Morris, so uh, fire him up. I think he has a good chance to be a top 24 PPR back this week. And then Pierre Garçon's going to be a top 24 receiver this week without Marquise Goodwin playing. I love him as well. You're definitely starting George Kittle. We loved what we saw from him last week. That connection between him and Garoppolo looks like it's going to be there all year. At least that's what we're hoping. Um, And then looking at the Lions side of things, look, don't start any of the Lions running backs. I still think Kerryon Johnson's going to hold a a role, excuse me, in this offense at some point this season. He's going to separate himself from LeGarrette Blunt, from um, uh, Theo Riddick. You know, we, we still know that Theo Riddick's going to have his role in third down situations, but I, I am predicting that, that, that at some point, on Johnson is going to be that guy that is getting 12 to 15 carries a game. I don't think he gets many more than that in his rookie season, but that's enough to have a very a, a good fantasy impact is least at least as a good flex play, but not this week. Don't start any of the Lions running backs this week. And then for the wide receivers for the Lions, pick your poison. Um, I think you can realistically start all three, or all three can be started, but it's tough to say which one's going to stand out week to week. I would take Golden Tate number one, but then I would go Galladay and Jones one, two, three, but it wouldn't surprise me if Jones was the one who 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 kind of soared above soars above the other two either and catches two touchdown passes. So this is a tough one. Um, but I would go Tate Galladay Jones. And then let's look at um Giants Cowboys to wrap this thing up. Sunday night game, 820. This is a big one, NFC East matchup. I think the big question here is, you know, what you know, how are these offenses going to play out, especially Dallas with how bad their receiving core, I think, looked last week and what we're kind of projecting it to be. Crazier things have happened, and somebody, I think, could step up. But 
ah, man, it's ugly with that receiving core right now. I think it'd be interesting if they added Josh Gordon. That could be a, a potential landing spot if that happens. Um, but but looking at, the, t- let's take a look at the Giants side first, though. I would start all of the Lions wide receivers over Sterling Shepard, not somebody I'm particularly high on this week. I just feel like he's capped with all those other weapons on the field. He still feels like a guy who's going to be in that 5 for 50 range, 5 for 60 range, that can get you those 9 to 10 points maybe in PPR each week, um, which is fine in a flex play, but I want somebody who has a little bit more upside, and I think all of those lines receivers give you more than Sterling Shepard does. And then a big question that I had, is Evan Ingram going to bounce back? Averaged six targets, four catches for 49 yards in two games versus the Cowboys last year, but I think he's going to be a top six tight end this week. I love Evan Ingram this week at the Cowboys. Um and then for the Cowboys, of course you're starting Zeke, but look, I would not start any of these wide receivers right now. If you're in a pinch and you want to start Cole Beasley in the flex, I still think he's going to be somebody who catches six or seven passes, um, probably leads them in receptions this season, if I'm being honest, over Hearns and uh, Michael Gallup, but I'm not firing up any Cowboys receivers this week. Zeke is my only play there. All right, everybody. Well, that was a quick one. We're at about 33 minutes, a little past 33 minutes. So thanks for everybody for for tuning into the podcast. Thanks for being patient with me. I know I'm, you know, I'm working around my work schedule, trying to get these out, um, you know, diligently as quickly as I can as they pertain to the news and such. So I'll have this up, probably release it, you know, tomorrow morning or tonight, either or probably tomorrow morning, though. That way it hits and you guys can listen to it before the game start tomorrow and take a look at these NFC games and, and figure out who you're going to start and sit, and hopefully this podcast helps. So enjoy week two action, everybody. We'll talk to you Sunday night when we do the recap of the Sunday games. Until then, sit back, grab a beer, and just enjoy the action. All right, good night, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.